earthly spirits mentioned. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good, and divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. That's verse 5 and verse 6. And God said, let there be a firmament, and in the midst of the firmament, in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the water. There's water. It's not too far in your Bible, and it's there. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it is, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. Water was introduced to this planet on the second day. In chapter 2 of the same book of the Bible, chapter 2, verse 10, we see the rivers. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them, that means everything that was on the earth was finished there, the host of them. And the seventh day God ended his work, which he had done. I'm going to get down to verse 210. I won't read the whole thing. Let's go to 10. And the river, okay, and the ground made the Lord to grow every tree that is pleasant and the sight of God good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the trees are something, if you follow through Scripture, that show up all through Scripture too, always in a, almost always in a positive format. And you'll see the tree of life at the end of Scripture too, that's presented to us. And the river went out from Eden to water the garden, and from the thence it was parted and became onto four heads. The rivers. We see how essential water is for life. In Exodus chapter 20, we see that water is essential for life in Genesis 1 6 to 10. We see in Exodus chapter 20, verse 10. That water sustains life and lifts up. Where do you get that, preacher? Well, let's go to Genesis, Exodus, chapter 20, verse 10. Exodus 20, verse 10. Oh, I don't like the way that's looking already. 2010. Oh, that is the wrong reference. Exodus 20.10, it must be uh, where Moses was put into the river and was lifted up and preserved by the river. Uh, where would that be? Somebody find that for me. It's got to be, it could be, no, it can't be 12.10. Huh? 2.10? Where am I? Oh, I'm in 20, 210. Could you read it for us, Brother Rick? I always pick on you when you find it. Exodus 210. I did say the right thing, but I went to the wrong chapter. I'm on them 10 commandments all the time. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rick, and thank you for rescuing me. And uh, we see here by that story of Moses being thrown into the river and preserved in a basket that water not only is essential for life, but water sustains life 
and it encourages life and lifts up life. I was uh, shoveling out underneath our porch this week and uh, seen the plants that were yellow and they were yellow from lack of life and they were also weak because they did not get enough water under there. They just, weeds that would stay there forever, you got to hit them twice with a weed whacker to kill. All you do is just pluck them right off. Water strengthens us every day and it strengthens everything that's living. Let's go to the next one and see how I'm doing there. In Numbers chapter 20, verse 10, there's where I messed up, 2.10 and 20.10. Let's try Numbers 20.10. We'll see that water is without limits, and we should be to the place where Moses strikes the rock. Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers 20.10. And and Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Here now, ye rebels, ye must fetch you water out of this rock. And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. We not only see it's essential for life, it helps to sustain life, but it's without limits. You know, uh, on this rock here, and I like what Brother uh, Penix said, he called this place a rock, and he said, this rock will kill you, and uh, it very well can. But, you know, we got water bubbling up in such odd places. They call them seeps. When you go out there by Moose Flats, there's fresh water just murking up in the middle of nowhere, and then we get salt water in odd places too, and, and brine, they call it. It's without limits. You can't, you can't hardly confine it. Here, when it comes down in sheets like it's doing out there right now, it's hard to control. The best we can do is channel it in different directions and use it to what God gave us dominion over things, and He lets us use water. And thankfully, we can. So, water is without limits, it'll spring up anywhere you look for it. I've been in Kansas in the middle of the flats, and it's so dry, digging a post hole. I remember digging a post hole and having dust on my boots. When I plunged down in there, and before I dug three foot, I had mud splashing up in my face. It's everywhere. It's without limits. That's a little bit how Jesus Christ is, too. In Psalms 104, verses 6 and 7, we see the floods. We see an element of water we don't like to think on, but water is a judge. Man, I was out flying in my new little boat, and it is a little boat. It got really small when I went around the buoys on the wrong side, and it was high tide, thank heaven, and I looked down and I was sailing at 40, 24 knots over jagged, ugly rocks, and I could see them very clearly. <laughs> Had I not been flying, I think I would have been judged right there as a fool and wrecked the boat and a few other things. And been in the middle of the ocean somewhere. I mean, I didn't. I was out nowhere and went on the wrong side of the buoys at high tide, fortunately. But the water judges and cleanses. Go to Psalms 104, verses 6 and 9 through 9. Psalms 104. 
6 and 9. And thou coverest it with the deep and the garments and the garment and the waters above mountains. And they rebuked, they fed at the fled at the voice of thy thunder, hast away. They go up by the mountains, they go down by the valleys into the places which thou hast founded for them. Thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over. Only God can control water to the point that uh, beyond what we can. And it's talking there about the flood. Who laid the fountains of the earth that it should not be removed forever? Think of the great flood that judged this planet at one time back in Genesis. But I wanted us to keep moving through the Bible. I wanted us to see a reference to that in Psalm. Judges and cleanses. First thing when I come in the house after I try to use the uh, liquid soap and uh, leave that in the garage, I come in the house and then I uh, wash up with soap and water. Water cleanses. Water purifies. Water helps. Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3, talks about water gives security and prosperity. So far we've looked at, we see water in Genesis, we see water is essential for life. In Exodus chapter 2, verses 10, we see water sustains life and lifts up, lifts us up. In Numbers chapter 20, verse 10, we see water is without limits. In Psalms 104, we see that it's not only without limits, but it judges and cleanses. And in Psalms 101, in Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3, we see reference to the tree again by the rivers of water, by the river of water, where it gives security and prosperity. I'm going to ask Brother uh, Russell if he'd read Psalms 1, 1 through 3, please. Psalms 1 just comes right before Psalms 2. <laughs> thank you, Brother Russell, and thank you, Brother uh, Rick, for reading this morning. Water gives security and prosperity. We're anchored by water. It gives us security. Why does everybody have a place by the sea? Well, yeah, they like the view. But it gives me a little security. I got a little rubber raft up in the top of the garage. I know I'm not going to be limited on ever leaving here. <laughs> I just don't like the feeling uh, when I get in my truck knowing it's only going to go 76 or 78 miles at the most on one, any one direction on this planet. <laughs> uh, I do like the, the security of being on the water that I can travel anywhere I want if I so endeavor. <laughs> but we see that water, so we'll review what we have so far. We have water is essential for life. Water sustains life. Water is without limits. Water judges and cleanses. Water gives security and prosperity. The real reason everybody's on the ocean, though, is because they like the view. I understand that, but to me, I like looking out over the prairie myself, knowing I can walk out there without getting in too much danger, just maybe a, a, a hole or a, 
buffalo wallow or a, or a rattlesnake, and I have stepped over all of those. <laughs> but uh, I do respect the ocean, and I do uh, enjoy it as much as a lot of people do. I maybe not, maybe I don't enjoy the fish as much as some people do, but I enjoy the water and the ocean. John chapter 4 is where we're going next. We're going to look at living water. Water lifts up, guides, replenishes, cleanses, sustains, and preserves us. The living water in John chapter 4. John chapter 4. One of the, I think the one of the missionaries, Brother Penix, talked out of John, spoke out of John chapter 4. And I will get there in a moment myself. And we come to the story of the woman at the well. John chapter 3 is where we hit, we talk about the man who uh, was righteous. Then we go to the woman who was unright, who admitted her unrighteousness, the Samaritan woman at the well. And there cometh a woman of Samaria, verse 7, to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink, for the disciples are gone out to the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, hast drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? First question. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest give, wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou the living water? Her second question. Out thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle. Her third question. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up to everlasting life. We have the many properties of water. We have the properties that it cleanses. We have the property that it judges. We have the property that gives security. We have the property that it has no limits. We have the property that it sustains. We have the property that it lifts us up and sustains. We have the property that it's eternal and essential for life. Isn't that wonderful? What Jesus can do for each one of us. You know, I come to a point in my life where I realized I was a sinner. I realized I was inadequate in my own self-righteousness, although I was raised in a church that exercised self-righteousness. I was taught that if I did good, my good would eventually outweigh my bad. I knew I was bad. You don't have to go very far in Scripture or, or be raised by a righteous set of parents to know that you're bad from time to time but or develop any kind of a consciousness. But, you know, I knew I was falling short of those marks, and I knew I was falling short of those places and those, those things. But I kept trying to do good, and I kept trying to do good. I used to go by the church and visit the priest and, oops, I say priest? Yeah, that's what he was. He was a priest. And unbeknownst to me, I was in a little country church, little country, no, 50 miles from the nearest city other than Schofield, which I'm going to go back and see September 17th. I won't be here September 17th. There's my official announcement. I'm going back for my 50th class reunion in the big town of Wausau, Wisconsin. And so... Uh, 
I would go to that little country church and go in there and pray and ask the Lord, forgive me for being such a naughty boy most of the time. And believe me, I, did, I, I needed it. And I was. The cheapest of sinners I was. And you know, uh, even bumped into the priest a couple times because he seen me slip in. That was when they could leave the front door of the church open. And he'd see, see me slip in there. And he says, he got to visit in with me and talk to me about God and the things of God. But he made the mistake of one day calling me a priest. He says, you know, when you get older and you become a priest, because he figured I was destined for that. And I go, no, hold it. I can't be a priest and get married. And that was the big marker for me. I, I wasn't going to go by that shot. I wasn't going to miss that, that. And so, and by the way, that's 50 years again in November, isn't it? And I will be here in November. So, uh, the... Uh, I ran. I says, man, I, I, there's no way I'm going to make it to heaven now because I, I, can't be, I can't become a priest. I don't want to, and I, I just can't be good enough. And uh, I, I needed to get cleansed. And I heard a preacher preach in a little church, and he said, you need to get the living water. You need to come to God. He's got refreshment for you. He will renew you, and he will sustain you, and he will build you up, and he will give you strength. And I come from a little podunk holler town in the middle of nowhere and accomplished a lot of things in my life as I look back. And I wouldn't have done it until I got a drink of the real living water. Till I come to terms with Jesus Christ in my bedroom and said to him at the corner of my bed, I said, I said I'm wicked and vile. I can't make it to heaven without you. There's no way I can keep up with the score. All I, I just keep falling back into the reprobate I am. And I says, give me that living water. Give me that something that will lift me up. And I don't just want the rush that they talk about on TV. You know, the Pentecostal preachers were real big on TV at the time. Billy Graham was being was pretty big on TV at the time. I couldn't listen to much more than three minutes of him. But at that time, but I says, I want something that's going to last forever. I want something that's going to sustain me as long as I'm alive and then some. I don't want this thrill that they talk about. I don't think I'll ever be sinless in my whole life, but I want something that will renew me, refresh me, and give me drive and fortitude and confidence and the ability to come back to get right with you in the term. He says, I got the living water. I'll wash you every time you're dirty. I'll refresh you every time you're thirsty. I'll cleanse you every time you need cleansing. I'll sustain you each and every day. I'll give you what you ask of me. If you ask, and then I heard, you want a fish? I'll give you a fish. I'm not going to give you a snake. I will give you the living water if you ask. When I accepted Christ as my Savior, it was under maybe terms, I could say. You forgive me, give me that water. And you know, I cried like a baby. I seen my father who cried twice, twice in his life. I seen him cry when his dad died at the funeral. And I seen him cry when he told me he accepted that water and he got that water that Jesus had. And he cried 
and tears ran down his face and said, there's nothing like it in the whole world. He'd been with the priest. He'd been with the monks. He'd travel all over this country. He'd travel all over the world. He'd been with holy people in high places, self-righteous people in different places. And he said, there's nothing. He'd been with the nuns. He was raised in a nunnery for a while. He'd never been. There's nothing to match. Knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have the water within you to renew you, give you strength, give you power, give you confidence, give you drive. He will sustain you. He won't take you out to the desert. He, and if he does, he'll be right there with you. And all you have to do is turn back and he'll give you more. Believe me, I've been to the desert. I've been to the dry places. I've been to the hills. I've been to the valleys. And all that while, that water was there. All I had to do is take my hands and put them together like this. And the water was available, and he'd fill it up. He'd fill it up. Each and every one of us can be filled with that water again and again and again. It was even the psalmist that said, God, renew unto me in Psalm 51 the joy of thy salvation. You find yourself flat. You find yourself sour. You find yourself dull. You find yourself depressed. God will lift you up as he did the baby in the, in the cradle. He'll lift you up. He'll sustain you. All you're going to do is ask. And he will renew you with that water. Handfuls and handfuls and handfuls of water. He will refresh you. Where are you today in your relationship with God? Where are you with your relationship? Are you dry? Are you in the desert? I implore you to ask. If you've not been introduced, if you want that water, all you turn to page, turn to page, turn to John chapter 4 like I did and just claim it. God will honor his word. He won't go back on it. He might leave you get thirsty, but that's so he can renew and have a fellowship with you. Maybe you don't thirst for that. Maybe you're replacing it. And people do it all the time with drugs and sex and different things. They replace it with wealth and, and, and prosperity. You'll get dry again. You'll get dry again. And when it comes down to the real meaning and purpose of life, God will give you the water you need to be sustained if you turn to him. So many of us, we get depressed or we get... To, uh, disoriented or we get disgusted and we turn from the very places we can get that water from. Oh, I'm not going to go to church. You're just a bunch of hypocrites there. Had one lady tell me that and I says, well, you don't go to the grocery store either then, huh? I, 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 I see people at the grocery store I really don't care for sometimes. But you know, I get what I need and I get out of there. I hope you got what you need today. I hope you know where you can get it, either in church, the grocery store. You can get it at your knees. All you have to do is hold your hands together and pray. And if you're working and sweating, like I do sometimes, that, that preacher has to confess to that. It makes him feel good. Somebody, <laughs> I had a guy one time, he says, oh, I'm so glad you're uh, going to go into the ministry. You know, my brother ruptured his spleen, and he can't work anymore, and he's going in the ministry too. <laughs> Oh, man. But I do a lot of praying when I'm sweating. And the Lord says, I'll give you the water. I'll give you the water. 
you can just perspire it on out. I, and I go, sometimes I get disgusted. Yesterday, I'll confess to you, I got disgusted yesterday because I was perspiring and it wasn't for God. It was for me. And I says, I'm going to perspire for God. So that's why he made it hot today and made it stuffy in here. I don't know. <laughs> the last thing in Revelations chapter 22, water is a reward. Water is a reward for life. Just look at Revelations chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. I'd ask Fred to read, but I think he fell asleep. Let me go to... Fred, why don't you read Revelations 22, verses 1 and 2, and then read 17 on top of it. We're in the last book of the Bible. We're at the end of the message. We're at the end of the, <laughs> the Sunday morning message. And Fred's going to close us <laughs> with the word. Go ahead, read Revelation 22. Amen. Did you catch number 17? Verse 17, too. We're going to get as far back in. Amen. Let's all stand. 